0: It's such an honor and a joy to be with you this morning in worship. I spend most of my Sundays over across our campus in the contemporary worship, and it's always great to be back here worshiping again. I grew up here at this church and uh, spent a lot more Sundays up in the balcony misbehaving than I did uh, standing anywhere close to this, and so I'm grateful for the opportunity to get to preach with you this morning and to, to worship the Lord together and see what His Word says. Would you pray with me? Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our rock and redeemer. Amen. Have you ever looked at a wall in your house and thought to yourself, you know, shiplap would look really good right there. Have you ever been in the section in Target called Hearth and Home and spent a little extra time looking at the decor there? Have you ever been in your yard and thought, you know what this yard is missing? A pergola. If you answered yes to any of those questions, I want to go ahead and take a wild guess that maybe you've seen an episode or two of the show Fixer Upper, featuring the great couple Chip and Joanna Gaines from Waco, Texas. It's another one of those HGTV shows that uh, just pulls at our heartstrings to allow us to step into this uh, process of renovation. In this show, if you've not seen it before if you 're unfamiliar with it this couple takes on a project a house that is so dilapidated and maybe even disgusting that anyone else who saw it would probably sneer and walk away, but they take it on with delight. They get so excited just to tear up this house and the process begins uh, with Joanna showing her uh, designs to the to the homeowners, and uh, you start to see the vision come together just a little bit and how she Portrays the home fulfilling its potential. And then comes Chip's favorite part, the demo day, in which he always does something crazy like runs through a wall or, you know, throws down a, a cabinet with his bare hands to show how cool he is. And the more you see this process unfold, the more you start to see a little bit clearer the picture of the house coming together. After that, uh, they skip some of the hidden stuff like the, um, the electrical and the plumbing some of the things that's unseen behind everything else. And they show some of the finishes, like the flooring, the walls, the windows, things that really make a difference. And you start to see it come together until the renovation is finally complete and the restoration is revealed at the end. In many ways, the story of the transfiguration mirrors our own story of healing. This is the seventh and final chapter of our series, The God Who Heals. And I hope that you've seen how important healing is, not only as a theological concept and a truth, but as a tangible evidence of the love of God in our lives. All of us need healing. God wants to heal us, and God wants to heal others through us. I hope that you've not only heard that, but that you've experienced it as well. I hope that you've recognized where it is that you've been needing healing. I hope that you've seen the faithfulness and compassion of Jesus through these miracle stories that we've been looking at together. And I hope that you've recognized where it is that the world around you is in need of healing and taken steps to be an agent of that. But one question remains as we prepare to enter this season of Lent, of reflection and journeying with Jesus to the cross. What does healing look like? The first thing we might think of when it comes to healing is being in peak physical shape, and we might think to ourselves, well, if I was just in perfect shape, then I would not have any of these problems that I need healing physically. And sometimes we see people that look like they have their lives so put together on social media, and we think maybe that's what healing looks like. Maybe if I could just be more like them and have those kinds of adventures and that picturesque lifestyle, then I would be healed. Other times, we imagine having more money than we know what to do with, and we think that money could solve our problems of worry, and maybe that would give us healing. But that's not true and complete healing. Healing doesn't look like peak physical condition. It doesn't look like the rich and the famous. It doesn't look like the picturesque lifestyle that we see so often on Instagram and TV. Healing looks more like our gospel reading today. And so Jesus took Peter and James and John up on this mountain to pray as they were accustomed to doing. And when they got there, they were praying, and suddenly Jesus' face completely changed. His face is transfigured, meaning that it was still the same face, still Jesus, but it was suddenly bright and glowing and otherworldly in appearance. This morning, my face is glowing a little bit, but it's not glowing in the same way. It's from sunburn. Uh, if you spend all day at the parade route this week, I encourage you to wear sunscreen because it will get you. But in this moment, Jesus' face became as dazzling as the sun, as radiant as anything they had ever seen. It was blinding to them. It was, and his clothes became as white as snow, as bright as lightning. Moses and Elijah, two giants of the Old Testament, were there, And they appeared alongside him to his left and to his right, and they were covered in glory as well. They talked about Jesus' mission and about how he would go and how he would die in Jerusalem. Peter and others are watching this unfold, and they are both thrilled and terrified at the same time. And so Peter, unaware of what he is seeing or what is, what is going on here, just blurts out, Why don't we pitch some tents and set, set up camp here and just let this moment go on forever? But then a cloud of glory engulfs them all. Just like what happened on Mount Sinai with Moses when he received the Ten Commandments. And they hear the voice of God the Father declare, This is my Son, whom I have chosen. Listen to him. Y'all, I don't know about you, but this is a crazy story to me. Can you imagine being one of the disciples in this moment? You're hanging out with your best friend. And suddenly they just start to glow and their their appearance changes and they turn bright and these two legends uh, who are long dead show up next to him. And then you hear this booming voice coming through the cloud that is surrounding you, telling you that this is his son and to listen to him. I can't imagine what that would have felt like. See, the disciples would have known and understood the significance of Moses and Elijah being there exalting Jesus. As Jews, they would have expected their return for many, many years as in accordance with the Scriptures. They would have understood that Moses symbolized the priesthood, and that by Moses affirming Jesus, it meant that Jesus was the fulfillment of the law of God. They would have known that Elijah would have represented the prophets, and that by Elijah affirming Jesus, that meant that Jesus was there to fulfill all the prophecies of old through his work, and ministry in in this moment. And they would have obviously realized that the voice of God the Father on high speaking down his affirmation of Jesus would have been the greatest seal of verification of all. They saw a picture of what wholeness looks like in Jesus, perfect in every way. You want to know what healing looks like. Healing looks like Jesus. I know that's kind of a Sunday school answer. I get it. Jesus is the answer for everything. But if there was ever a picture of healing, it would be what we see here in this story of Jesus and the transfiguration. Jesus becoming radiant, shining in glory, perfectly united with the Father in love. In this moment, we see what we've already known about Jesus. He has come to heal the sick. He has come to give sight to the blind, to set the captives free, to proclaim the year of the Lord and to proclaim that he is the son of man. And we see all these things in action, but here in this moment, we see that so clearly that Jesus is what healing looks like. It's a bit ironic then that the place that we see Jesus as healing the most maybe is, when, is not just in the things that he did with his life, but also with his death. Tim Mackey from the Bible Project says, Jesus is the embodiment of God's glory the glorious God suffering and dying for his people. And those things don't often go together, do they? Suffering and dying. But Luke places this story here in the gospel because it is supposed to be the thing that sets up Jesus' journey to the cross. Today is Transfiguration Sunday, which in our liturgy always falls the Sunday before Lent begins, and that's by no accident. One of my favorite authors, N.T. Wright, Draw some parallels between the transfiguration and the crucifixion of Jesus. Here on this mountain of transfiguration, he says, Jesus' glory is on display, but on the cross, his shame is on display. He is cursed for hanging on a tree. Here, Jesus' clothes become radiant white, and at the cross, Jesus' clothes are stripped away. Here, Moses and Elijah are beside him on his left and his right, but at the cross, it is a criminal on either side that surrounds him. Here, a cloud of glory engulfs them, and in Jesus' death, thick darkness covers the land. In the transfiguration, God the Father says, this is my son. At the crucifixion, it is a Roman centurion, an outsider, who says, this is the Son of God, surely. Jesus' glory is tied to his sacrificial love. The two cannot be separated. Healing looks like Jesus, and healing doesn't look like getting everything that you want, but like giving away everything that you have. Healing doesn't look like protecting your own life. It looks more like giving your life away. Healing looks like Jesus, and we find it all the more when we're trying to be like Jesus. But we all know that's not so easy. Trying to be like Jesus is extremely hard. It's not something that happens overnight, but over a lifetime. We as Methodists believe that salvation isn't just tied to a single moment where we say yes, but it is a lifetime of salvation. That we are on the way of salvation, working out our salvation with fear and trembling, as Paul says. We're hoping for this total uh, restoration that we see in Jesus' transfiguration, but we can be healed in smaller ways along the journey. There is hope for healing in this life here and now, when we feel the weight of our brokenness and sickness, when we feel the brokenness of relationships, we cry for help with our mental health or our spiritual battles, Jesus can heal, and we believe in that. And we are on a journey to learn more about Christ and a journey to be like Christ. And that journey has a lot of twists and turns and ups and downs, highs and lows, But we believe that ultimately it is the best journey, the journey that leads us to this beautiful form of healing, the most beautiful imaginable. When it comes to the fixer upper of our lives, one of the problems is that we often get ourselves out of perspective and we see ourselves as Chip and Joanna trying to fix our own lives, trying to make the most of the mess that we have in this life. If we just work a little harder, if we just try a little bit harder, if we do this or that, we can make ourselves unbroken and healed. But here's the thing. We're not Chip and Joe. We are the house. We're the ones with the broken pipes and the shattered glass, the shag rug carpet, and all the things that are in need of healing. And the only one who can restore us is Jesus Christ. But to bring this analogy full circle, the best part of Fixer Upper is always at the end. When Chip and Joanna stand there in front of the, the house with a giant banner showing the old, the before picture. And they say, are you ready to see your Fixer Upper? And they slide it away to unveil this absolutely gorgeous house that looks nothing like it did before. And the homeowners are moved to tears with gratitude and they're so excited to, to see their dream home. In the book of Revelation, John writes about a vision from God, about the end of days, about the final big reveal. And at the end of the book, he writes this. And I invite you to close your eyes as we hear these words and imagine yourself seeing this scene unfold. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city the holy and new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, look, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and he will dwell with them. They will be his people. God himself will be with them, and he will be their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning, or crying, or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. He who is seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. You can open them now. Doesn't that sound good? Isn't that amazing to to know what healing ultimately looks like? And that is where we place our hope. All of creation is restored when Jesus returns in glory and makes everything new. And we believe that day is coming. A day when every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. A day with no more weeping, no more hurt or pain or sorrows or agony. A day when all will be made well. And we will worship God in spirit and in truth with our every action. And all of creation will be restored to its original purpose, to be in harmonious relationship with the triune God. One day, Jesus will ultimately heal all things and all will be made well, but we don't have to sit around and wait for those things to happen passively. We can draw strength from the healing that we see here and now, that we find along the way, healing in Christ. We find healing when we see that Christ is healing our perspective, our debts, our weakness, and our shame. We find healing when we find Christ Because we know that true healing looks like Jesus. And that is the good news that we want to tell the world. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.